From the thrilling pages of life rides a man you must fear and respect. A man whose unconquerable will and boundless determination carved a lusty, rough and boisterous slice of history called The Searchers. It's John Wayne as Ethan Edwards who had a rare kind of courage. The courage that simply keeps on and on, far beyond all reasonable endurance, never thinking of himself as martyred, never thinking of himself as brave. So we'll find him in the end, I promise you. We'll find him. Here is a story of a man, hard and relentless, tender and passionate, of people who dared to challenge a hostile land. Here is drama of great love and aching loneliness. I found him. I found Lucy. What you saw was a buck wearing Lucy's dress. I found Lucy back in the canyon. What was she? What do you want me to do, draw you a picture? Spell it out? Don't ever ask me. As long as you live, don't ever ask me more. And if you don't hear my first holler, you better read my mind, because I don't aim to raise no two hollers on any subject at hand. Yes, sir. Boy, watch that knife. Go, Martin, please. Stand aside, Martin. No, you don't, Ethan. Ethan, no, you don't. Stand aside. Looks like you got yourself surrounded. Yeah, and I figure on getting myself unsurrounded. Let's go! You know how, like, you get clickbait? Yes. Like, because your phone hears everything you say, the computer knows what. All my clickbait articles are always uh, about wrestling or movie stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten this clickbait article pop up on me that was like, John Wayne had to be restrained to keep from attacking this woman at the Oscars. And I was like, and I've probably clicked on that clickbait multiple times. <laughs> okay, what's the story? And it's the story of, uh, of a one Sasheen Littlefeather who... Went in place of Marlon Brando at the 1973 Oscars as he was nominated for his performance in the and the Godfather. I think I have heard of this. And she, he went, he won. He wasn't there, so so she and Littlefeather goes on stage to tell to say something about. I'll post it up, but she gets booed and stuff. And the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry. Excuse me. And on television, in movie reruns, and also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I beg at this time that I have not intruded upon this evening 
and that we will, in the future, our hearts and our understandings will meet with love and generosity. Thank you on behalf of Marlon Brando. And Little Feather, Little Feather posited this herself, though she didn't see it with her own eyes. She claimed that she heard a scuffle and she heard rumor and the rumor was, I think there was some producer involved that actually told this story as well, but it got embellished more and more every time he's okay. telling it. And that John Wayne was backstage, and when he heard her talk, he had to be restrained by six men to keep from rushing the stage. I mean, there's part of me that would that believes it, that. I mean, it does sound believable, I honestly. I believe that. But it's not really, there's really not enough information or eyewitness accounts that have come forward to account for that. Mm-hmm. But I think what it probably, so you can't definitively say it happened. Even though, like, John Wayne uh, has said some racist-ass shit in his life. I'm not talking about on screen. Oh, um, I don't know a lot about his, I know he's an asshole, but I don't know a lot about things he's done or said in his personal life. Yeah, there was a Playboy article where he was racist towards black people. Um, Fuck John Wayne. <laughs> Yeah. About, I already felt that way, but like double fucking. I do fucking. feel that way too, but I don't hate this movie either, but we'll get into the movie that we're watching. But yeah, I, I think that was, I think the reality of that is that he was probably just fucking seething mad, but he probably didn't try to rush the stage is my guess. Yeah. I'm sure he said some shit. Probably. Welcome to Movie Uppers. I'm Bob Sham. I'm Angela. Uh, the sounds you hear may be dogs. Our theme this month, the asshole on film. Assholes on film. We're in our last leg, the last week. We're saving mm-hmm. some ripe ass assholes. There's, um, it's not on camera, but there is an asshole in this movie. When dude gets uh cut in the butt at the end, and he has to drop his pants, and they have to pour like oh, alcohol that's right, on his that's ass. Right. He's like spreading his cheeks. The Reverend so can, like, wasn't it? The Reverend took the Reverend, a shot in the, he got, in the butt. It wasn't a shot. The dumb kid that I hated at the end with the sword like stabbed him accidentally or something. This movie, I mean, <laughs> we're watching. You hated that fucking kid with I the, hated that, that fucking kid. That, that little cadet or whatever. Act. That that whole thing didn't. You need hated to happen. that shit. It didn't need to happen. Uh, this movie goes back and forth between like lighthearted moments and blatant displays of racism. This movie is called The Searchers. The Searchers. One of with the John uh, Wayne. One of the essential John Ford movies starring uh, John Wayne, Jeffrey Hunter, Vera Miles, Ward Bond, and a wee Natalie Wood. Mm-mm. Natalie Wood is not we. She's a teenager. The we one is her little sister. Yeah, I did know that. I was about to hit you with that. But like teenager, you're, I guess I still would say we in there. I guess. But I didn't think that like they waited eight years to finish filming the movie for Natalie Wood to grow up. But it's I actually, neat. Neat- I did know that was her sister, her little sister. Yeah, I had to look it up because I very much thought it was her. Natalie, and then I was confused. Natalie Wood, not a great swimmer. Not a great swimmer. Oh, God, no, Robert. <laughs> That's rude. That's rude. Allegedly not a great swimmer. Allegedly not a great picker of men. Yeah, yeah. And apparently Christopher Walken broke a bottle that night and, and like, was maybe going to get into it with the... What was her husband's name? I forget that fucker's name. I don't name. know, but, you know, there's, like, there, there's, like, a special category of people who have been at the scene of the crime... But are somehow in no way held responsible. Angelica Houston, Christopher Walken. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just these people that it's like, oh yeah, they're, f- oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he was in the boat when that man killed Natalie Wood, but whatever, allegedly. I don't you think know. Christopher Walken did anything. No, I don't think he did it, but he was there. And I don't know how much Angelica Houston knew with the Polanski bit at the moment, in the moment. 
But well, but you do. There is definitely some head turning. There's going some head on. turning, and Christopher Walken. I don't think that he was involved. I don't think no. he hurt her. But I think he knows what happened. Well, her. I don't know about that either. Well, maybe. Listen, if anybody does, he does. Whatever. Natalie well, Wood. Natalie Wood you. was found with bruises and scratches on her arms, mm-hmm. and that was verified by the autopsy. But her, her husband said that she was drunk. And they had been fighting, and she floated off in a dinghy. I mean, could have gotten mad and the, done that. The dinghy was beached, and they found her body. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we don't know things like that have happened. That's true. It does sound it sounds believable that she was maybe thrown into some fucking water, and it also sounds believable that she's just fucking drunk, arguing with her husband. Is like, I'm getting in this boat and I'm leaving, and it just goes badly. I mean, I mean. Honestly, there's an actress who just a couple years ago, completely sober in a boat with her child, ended up getting thrown out of the boat, saved her kid, and she passed away. Yeah, that was just on a lake um, or something, right? What was her name? She was in Glee. Naya. If she's in Glee, I won't know. I don't know. Rivera. I think it's Naya Rivera. But she dated a football guy, I think. Um, we got sidetracked by the Natalie Wood story. Something that we're going to have to unpack someday. Someday. We should anyway. have maybe we should have bonus episodes where we like hit deep these like old Hollywood that lore things. That would be cool. That'd be cool. We got to come up with some Patreon content down the road. Yeah, like with every movie, we find like one like kind of weird thing. If there's a weird thing to talk about and do bonus content, I love yeah. that. I love that. So back to this movie the that Searchers. has Natalie Wood in it, Searchers. It's on many, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Much like the Searchers, it hits a lot of top lists, but. I think you were more into Good, the Bad, and the Ugly than I was the more into Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I, actually, I was more into all of those movies. The Marconi films? No. I keep saying that. He's the music guy. I think it is debatable whether what's if this is better than Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. What is but the I name do, of the director, though? I uh, just, Sergio Leone. 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 I do think this movie is better than Fistful and For a Few Dollars I More. Think it's I do better, think that. I think it's better, but I enjoyed those more. Personally, I, I liked those more. It's just something about the style of those movies, but... But the movie here, I mean, John Ford, the American master director. Absolutely. The thing that he nails is, like, the technique of the atmosphere and the shots and the broad pullback. and Yes. It's so breathtaking, like, what he manages to capture. It's interesting because... The Technicolor looks great here, too. The Technicolor looks great. It is beautiful. It is gorgeous. There are definitely some moments on, like, the homestead where you can tell that it's on a set and there's, like, a backdrop. Or a couple fight sure. scenes, it felt like a backdrop. Like, there's one part where they're, like, walking in some, like, ankle-deep water. Yeah, yeah. Trying to, like, get up on... Oh, where it looks kind of swampier. Yeah, that was definitely inside. But that set... Yeah, that definitely was. But that I'm set was... by that shit. Yeah, that set was really well done, though. You could tell though. that it was not real, but it was so intricate. Like, it was foliage. Like, I wish so much that I could now listen if I could go back in time I wouldn't probably actually do this but I wish I could go back in time and like visit some of these sets this one um fucking this on our wall the um night of the hunter night of the hunter yeah yeah. I just want to go and be on the set when they're creating rivers in a warehouse or a marsh it's it's mind-boggling to me so yes the scenery the set gorgeous the costumes Fine. If you cut like, this, if you cut this movie down to all the parts where it's pulled back shots of the horses riding along, and you see too. all the environment, and you loop that over and over again, it's art. Yeah, it's art. But I 
to my knowledge, have never seen a John Ford movie. I'm sure I probably did. My dad watched Westerns and he loved John Wayne. But I don't know that it was. So this is my first, like, to my knowledge, watching a John Ford movie. I know that he's worked with John Wayne a ton of times. In your mind, he's David Lynch. In my mind, he's David Lynch from The Fablemans. Yes, that is true. But I also... Just let that ride. I also, in this, sort of imagine that John Ford and John Wayne are very similar. It seems as though... I don't know, but it seems as though John Wayne was just being John Wayne and doing his John Wayne thing. Yeah, yeah. And there's other characters in this movie that are good, like they're well acted. Like, I actually really liked Marty. I really liked Marty's girl. Marty's great. Lori's fun. Lori's so The device fun. they use to ha- show the passage of time. Like, something like five to seven years passes John in this Wayne movie. gets a silver hair. Yeah, and he, it is kind of it is yeah. kind of clever how they make that pass the time. And yeah. they do it through, like, people being separated or longing for each other. Yeah, and saying, like, I haven't seen you for a year. I only got one letter last year. Like, you kind of know. And then you got these little bit characters that are at, to add a little brevity, if that's the word. And, like, like you... Uh, like Moe's I felt like was a little bit much but I love Moe's at the beginning Charlie McCory though I'll thank you to unhand my fiancy that's my dude you know I thought that I had to look that up I was like is that fucking Chet Atkins like I thought it was like a country music star well he kind of looks like Chet Atkins I would have believed that I was actually going to ask you because I didn't look him up but when he's talking I couldn't stand him no it's fucking great but when he sang to her, listen, if Charlie McCory only wants to just sing to me all day, fine, I'll marry you. But don't talk. No, talk all day. I want He also looked like dumb. He had this like dumb look on his face. He's like, I don't want to be anywhere else but here. I want to hear audiobooks that he's read. Well, it would take three times as long as any audiobook you actually are listening to. Sure. Listen, the thing about, I'll go back to Moe's. The thing about Moe's is I thought that he was charming and delightful at the beginning. At the end, it did feel like a bit much to me, but here's the deal. Does Moe's qualify for our yes. ca- subcategory I of, was actually going to say that. Of a challenging a performance for, for everybody, all. which yes. is our subcategory in which actors play people with intellectual disabilities. Moe's definitely does. Okay. Um, also, the ladies in that cabin. But <laughs> yeah, um, that's one that I think is deserving of some criticism. I don't think that's as bad. They were, they, just, they were goofy. They were just, but they were just like glassy-eyed, like, Ugh. I mean, fine. But Moe's, the story of Moe's, no one for one second acknowledges the fact that Moe's went with John Wayne and Marty into Scar's camp. Yeah. And they just left without him. And then you find out later that he's been imprisoned by them for whoever knows how long and he escaped. Right. They fucking just left Moe's. <laughs> they just forgot about him. You know, I mean, Moe's probably found a rock, a nice chair. No, he, he sat didn't. the fuck he down. Was being held captive. We're not going to go beat by beat through this whole movie. This is an infamous movie. A lot of people have seen it. If you're watching yeah, yeah. this episode, it's probably maybe because you appreciate the movie. Yeah. But John Wayne comes home one day, former Confederate soldier. Even though it's like three years since the war ended, and I think it implies that he was fighting in one of those Spanish. Mexican wars that happened at the time. And I also think there's some implication that he was, cause he knows all, he's completely racist against Indians. Yeah. Like hardcore. Like it's not trying to be subtle. This movie is about racism. Yeah. But also he's, he knows enough of their language. I think he's also, he's like fluent. 
post-Civil War, they turned up the Western expansion and like Indian Wars were all throughout the rest of the 19th century and some before as well. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's some implication that he was a part of all that stuff, like in Blood Meridian, where it's all about scalping and stuff, that John Wayne was a guy that's just rolling out there and probably scalping the fuck out of people. We've seen scalps before. He comes home to see his brother, and there's some illusion that he and his brother's wife had an older lady, oh, like yeah. that they were together. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what I really like about this movie. Or have always pined for each there other. There are little, the way it portrays the small, intricate l- relationships. I that is kind of clever in how it does so. Yeah, there's just a part where the reverend, who's also uh, not a sheriff, but like a commander. Yeah, yeah, he's the army. He's, he's like in the, the head army. of whatever. Yeah, so he's Formers. like military and yeah. religious. He sees her. A ranger. He's a ranger. He's a ranger. He sees her hold John Wayne's coat for like an extra second, like hug it kind of. Yeah. And then she like comes out of the room and brings it. She doesn't know that anyone saw her, but she has this like extra minute where she's just like, and then hands it. So this fellow by the name of Marty uh, comes in. And he's calling aunt and uncle. John Wayne's character of Ethan Edwards. Mm-hmm. That's his name. Mm-hmm. He is skeptical of him when he sees him. But it turns out that he apparently pulled him from a bush because this guy's family was killed a long time ago. Mm-hmm. He actually saved this guy. But then he sees this guy and he immediately is like, you're a half breed. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm like an eighth Cherokee. That's what they tell me. I don't really know my family. These people raised me. So this guy is like, yeah, he's got an indigenous person in him. And so he just completely distrusts him, even though he's adopted by this family. But he never really accepts him. And he's there because of him. But he even was like... It's not, don't, don't say anything to me about it. I'm not responsible about it. You got in that moment that maybe he wished he left that baby in the shrub. I think maybe he When he did. grew up to see that he was like part Indian. I wanted, I secretly wanted there to be some shit about like he was actually that dude's father or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like because he, it, raped and he was some, embarrassed. Raped some Navajo woman. Because it was so, he was so rude to him for literally no reason other than he thought he looked like an indigenous person. Also... He didn't. Not any more than anybody else in that movie. He had darker skin, but they were all tan. Like yeah, he, he just didn't. He had straight hair. Like, but it was. It was. It. He just didn't. He. Yeah. He. It he, was far fetched. He could have been ha- like a Spaniard for all you know. He looked as much like he was a Native American as fucking Clint Eastwood was blonde. Like, come on. So. <laughs> so the guys run off and. Um, and as they, uh, the posse runs off, I forget why, but as they're gone, these uh, Comanches, a specific type of Comanche. That's why they go is because they heard that the Comanche were like on someone's land or killing cattle or something. And they roll back and this Comanche has like killed all the adults and like taken the kids. Well, they've killed the mother, the father, and the boy. Yeah. They took the two girls. They took the teenage girl and the little girl. The, and later... They burnt everything. And later, apparently, the the teenage girl gets killed and is just left in a valley. And and I have to say, truly, the two moments that got me the most... And, and, and listen, if this, is the, if this is the reason why John Wayne's character hates these people so much, I do kind of get it. He hated them before. Well, he hated them before, but you wonder if, if he's just seen this a lot of times or something. But it's obviously not all the people. It's like a lot of these people are peaceful people. There is a group that is bad, and that's how it always is. And you can't say that this one group that is bad encompasses the entire race of people. Like, that's 
terrible and racist well, and awful. Look, I mean, and look, you think about it like this. Yeah, what the that crew of Comanche did is like terrifying. But they're just bad people. They're, it's no, it's because- a it's a fucking war. They're in a war. The 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 military's expanding. They're making deals with certain tribes to co- to go against yeah. more aggressive tribes. And after they eliminate and isolate these aggressive tribes, they're going to turn on the peaceful tribes. That's American history. Like it sure, is sure, a sure, sure, it sure. is like I'm not saying anything is like all war is hell, but that's kind of just what I'm saying. Well, I guess like I'm saying like the two times that it got me was when he actually found. Not only no, the woman was... that he loved, but also then later her daughter, obviously having been, like, brutalized and raped so, and whatever else. Because that's the implication, is that something terrible is happening. And and honestly, like, yes, I understand what you're saying, that it's war, but what they showed in this movie, and I don't, I don't, I'm not pretending like I know the specifics of what happened everywhere, but... These men were not actively fighting anyone, but this group of Comanche came in and just, like, killed all the cattle for no reason and then, like, went to a house, burnt it up, killed three people, and stole two kids. And as far as I know, then they moved out. Like, that doesn't... That's, like, terrorism. Sure. Sure. Then everyone else, like, they do actually see, like, other groups of people who are totally, That's like, true. peaceful and wonderful and sweet. They're trading with these people. And they're and also... They're, they're hanging out with these and people. The, yeah, and they're also attacking other tribes and other... That is also and, happening. And we see... Tribes being attacked by the U.S. Army. Yes. We see that village decimated by the aftermath of the U.S. Army killing, like, all these indigenous people. Absolutely. Both sides are shit. I don't mean that. In reaction, I'm not even trying to both sides it. I'm just talking about the nature of the terror and the conflict of Western expansion. I just mean, like, everybody was doing shitty things. Sure. It was war. Now, we see this guy. Now, all the indigenous actors, all the actors in here are apparently Navajo. Okay. Except for the lead, I wonder Scar. what his deal was. That is a white guy. That's what I thought, up. but I wanted to make sure because I thought that at the beginning, and then later I was like, I don't really know. Now I was reading some critical interpretations of this because this is obviously like a a criticism for so many westerns when you go back because there's so many westerns where the Native Americans are just white people painted up literally, yes. and that's what this guy looks like. And I was reading in some critical interpretations that were like the story Alan LeMay wrote for The Searchers. Apparently, he researched all these stories of of people who were indoctrinated into tribes by mm-hmm. being abducted as children. Like, this yeah. is a thing that, that happened multiple times. And there is a story that seemed kind of very similar to this one and even used the same specific tribe name mm. in the story where a girl gets taken... And they go and find the girl, but she's grown after so much time and she's incorporated into the tribe and she's having children within the tribe. One of the children who is half white grows up to, and this is real, grows up to be an actual war chief for that tribe. Yeah. So, so the, some of the critical interpretation posits that it definitely does look like a white guy. Portraying, but it could be, but it could be by the nature of the, the consistent themes of, these cultures being forced sense. upon each other and how they're, despite the conflict they're integrating, that it interprets that that, that Scar actually is a half-white person. Could be. And I kind of accept that. I do too, actually. It kind of does really make do. a lot of sense. Well, yeah, because because that is that is the basis of this whole story, is yeah. that they are taking these little white girls it and go, bringing them into their, it fam- goes with their the, family. It goes with the overall themes and conflicts within the movie. Absolutely. That's why it makes a lot of sense. I, I, I agree with that, and I actually, actually think that that's 
maybe clever in a way they didn't even intend. Yeah. You know, like it's it's maybe in retrospect giving them more credit than is real. Like, I don't know if they really thought about it that way, but it so, works. So they become the searchers and they start searching. Well, and at first it's just John Wayne and Marty. Well, it's a bunch of people. But then it's a bunch of John people. John Wayne and Marty and Lori's boyfriend. It ends up being just John and Marty at the end, but... The, the the reverend and the other people that they're with, they are uh, that boyfriend ends up getting killed. They're positing more peaceful and diplomatic solutions mm-hmm. when encountering these various tribes. And they and there's one point where they find like a grave with a Comanche in it, mm-hmm. and John Wayne shoots the eyes out oh, because of some religious thing where you can't get into like an afterlife without the eyes. What good did that do you? By what you preach, none. But what that Comanche believes. Ain't got no eyes, he can't enter the spirit land. Has to wander forever between the winds. You get it, Reverend. It's just that moment where he just shows like it doesn't... Like he hated them before and now, of course, they took his nieces. But it shows even more how much he's learned about their culture. He does know a lot about them. He knows so much. He speaks their language. He He knows their culture. He knows their religion and like their beliefs. It's interesting because... You know, yes, so after, like, five years of time, when they do find her, it's crazy because in that moment, and I guess you could argue that they told her to tell them to leave or whatever, but it seems as though she sneaks away from the tribe and she's, like, not speaking English, like, she's speaking her tribe, tribal language, and she's telling them to leave, and then, you know, Marty's like, I... I'm here. I'm coming to get you. And she's like, I prayed to you. I prayed to you for years to come and get me, but you didn't come and get me. And then it, time passed, and this is now my family. Like, these are my people. This is my tribe. Mm. I don't want to go with you. You which, need to fucking leave. Which was things that actually happened at 1, that time. 1,000%. Here's my problem with this movie. I believe that 100, okay? I also believe 100 that after John Wayne saw her in that moment, he was ready to shoot her because that's how much he hated what he thought she had become. It, yeah, it, and it, she her life was no longer of use or value to him because she was no longer who he thought he knew. Well, it's definitely all revenge because he killed his relatives, but but also it's like an extermination job because yeah, three fourths of the way through the movie, it's like no, I'm gonna kill her well, because she's corrupt. He'd re- yeah, he'd rather kill her than even talk to her in her current state because he thinks that she's been ruined or whatever. Here's the problem, though, okay? Then fast forward to the end, and I know we're all over the place, but fast forward to the end, she said she didn't want to go. And then at the end, Marty shows up again, and she's like, oh, yes, take me with you, take me with you. What? Also, then John Wayne is ready to shoot her. He picks her up, and then he goes, okay, little girl, let's come home. These two people had, like, story arcs, that happened in okay. one second. Well, here's the thing. They're going to go down there and they're going to kill all those people, right? Marty straight up shoots Scar. He's the one that kills Scar right in front of her. Yeah. If she's like, no, leave me here, she's dead. If Scar, her mate, her man is dead and she knows that a fucking Calvary's coming down and it's going to mm-hmm. wipe out the village. Yeah, get me the fuck out of here. Well, that makes more sense. That, that, that does kind of make sense to if me. She it's stayed, just such a quick, like, it, she just acts as though, like, oh, yes, I always wanted you to come and rescue me, which is not true. But I get what you're saying, sure. But the John Wayne flip is, like, too much too strong for me. Like, at, it doesn't make sense. At the end, when he 
would you have felt better if he just executed her on the uh, on the in the Texas sun? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I didn't it want kind him of to attempts, kill her. It kind of attempts to but redeem him. There was no him. softening of him. It just went from I'm gonna kill you to I completely 100 percent accept you and are bringing you home against my chest. Like it just felt. I, mean, I didn't it, believe that part he, of him. He didn't use those words. He just saw her, looked her in the eye, and was and was like, "Okay, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm gonna." bring you home i don't think this idea of like oh i completely 100 percent accept you from here on out i think that might be a little bit over reading but he's the lead in this movie and even though he's been a fucking racist the whole time it's gonna end on him at least being somewhat softened i guess fine but he's the asshole that's the point that. but i'm saying like like at the very i know but that's what i'm saying like he does a very unhasshole thing at the last second to redeem him. Yeah. And I didn't buy it. That's all. Mm. I didn't buy that that character, after all the shit he said and did, would all of a sudden completely change his You're going to look into Natalie Wood's big brown eyes and you're going to... You you wanted to see her get fucking shot. No, I You didn't. wanted to see Natalie Wood get executed by the Duke. I wouldn't have minded if he died. He did get maybe hit by an arrow kill him. at some point. Or maybe Marty kills him saving her. There's that would have been that, that actually would have been cool, but I mean, Marty got between them at one point. But also, you wouldn't have that last bit where he's walking away from the door frame that that shot, mm-hmm. cent- centering on the door frame, that infamous scene. Yeah, okay. I'm just telling you, that's kind of what I had a problem with. We jumped around hard. I mean, we did. Jump it, it's a pretty hard. simple movie because we already talked about the goofy characterizations and uh, Lori of uh, the. To- I love Lori. Lori's fancies Marty, but Marty's. On this mission to get his adopted sister back. There was a lot more like kissing and kind of sexy flirting than I expected there to be in a movie of the time. She sneaks into the room when he's in a bathtub. Mm. And I don't know. It's just, it's very cute. Like they're very cute. But yeah, yeah. And it's clever. She wears pants at one point. It's clever how, whoa, this is a feminist movie. She wasn't going to wait around to be no old maid either. I just loved her. I loved her. Like, she got so mad at times. No, My she's favorite a, she's a good is character. when she's crying and he's like, don't cry. And she's like, who's crying? Like, she gets so mad. Oh, and there's that point where Marty accidentally marries uh, an indigenous woman. Yes. And he's always trying to get her to understand him. And he's always saying, like, look, look, let me tell you this. And so she thinks that he nick- or he nicknames her look. Mm. So he marries this woman named Look because basically he thinks she's trying to sell him a blanket. Yeah. But somehow that means they're married and John Wayne has to tell him that later. She tries to sleep next to him and he pushes her down a hill. That was a little goofy. Well, when she when the words she knows who Scar is and she like She gets scared. She gets scared and, and takes away. the fuck off. Well, she goes to Scar's camp. Well, and she's she's not in that tribe, but they find her later after the U.S. Army has completely ob- obliterated this Indian camp, and she's there. Mm-hmm. And Marty's like, you know, Marty being part Indian uh, himself, you see these moments where it's like it kind of still tears at him to have to attack or shoot. Even when there's a point where they're defending themselves early on, and he's like ducking his head down like it's such a struggle to have to like shoot these people. And he makes himself raise back up and keep doing it, but he doesn't want to. And he walks upon the decimated camp and he sees that look is dead and he's like, why did they have to kill her? She didn't do anything to anybody. And they're talking about the U.S. Army killing the Absolutely. whole camp. 
there's also a part where they come upon all these buffalo and John Wayne shoots one and Marty's like, cool, shoot one, we'll eat. We need to eat. We've been searching. But he just goes rabid and starts just like shooting, shooting, shooting. And he basically is yelling about how, this is right before they see the the, the U.S. folks. Um, he's yelling about like, every buffalo I kill is one less buffalo they get to eat. Like it's so, there's so much like anger. There is a little historical accuracy in that mindset there as well, of course. I get it, but I the the as as they expanded west, they would kill buffalo like hardcore. Is that why we don't have buffalo? We have well bison. We have bison. Yeah. They're just now um, you know, bred more domestically. I'm not sure how much wild bison is out there. I'm sure there That's, is. I'm sure there's some, but But back in the day there would have been all there everywhere. were they were fucking everywhere. Been like deer or something. Yeah. It's like wolves too. Like yeah. they're just more regulated. There used to be wolves from coast to coast, and now they're just more in specific areas. They get information uh, from Scar from oh. this guy, Futterman or something. Futterman. And John Wayne's like, when I find him, you'll get the rest of the reward because he's offering like a thousand dollars to find. So Futterman knows he's carrying at least a thousand dollars. Little yeah. Debbie, I love her snack cakes. They do call her Little Debbie a few times. I wonder if weird. that's where that company got that name. Maybe because the little girl has little braids. It this looks like this little movie Debbie. was huge. They were like, we need our little Debbie snack cakes. Bet you. Now you get your oatmeal pies, your uh, the banana twins, the, um, what else we got? The fudge rounds. Those are amazing. What else? The zebra cakes. Let's keep Swiss rolls. Uh, the, uh, the nut bars. The raisin. The peanut butter bars or whatever. The raisin cream pies. The nutty buddies. Those are fantastic. There's even nutty like, buddies, that's ice cream. Are nutty that nutty bars, nutty bars. The one that's like peanut butter and jelly, like in a cookie. What else are we missing? Uh, around the holidays, they're like little trees. We get little trees. There's actually a little Debbie who was the granddaughter of the man who made little Debbie. You expect me to believe that there was little Debbies before this little Debbie. I didn't say what year. Maybe that little Debbie got named Debbie because of Debbie. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. You know, any movie, whenever I see any movie between 1940 and 1970, right? And I see all the male actors. I ask myself, did Nancy Reagan blow this guy in a back lot? Because as we know, I like to bring this up. Rumored that Nancy Reagan was a dome queen. And I only bring this up because I believe in talking about the positive aspects of people. So, yeah, Marty, uh, did did Nancy give John Wayne the old backlot uh. special? Did she give Jeffrey Hunter the old backlot special? Did Ward Bond get it in? I've heard, and look, this is alleged, okay? This is rumor. The MGM Lion? Bobby Star. I, I heard the MGM Lion got a, a little bit of a... That are yo, uh, stop it. Backlot stop. Nancy. Stop, stop. Oh, but wait, I didn't finish the story. No. Fetterman didn't. ambushes Marty and uh, Ethan, probably to get their payment back because they didn't believe that they would get the reward. I think it was to steal all the money, to steal yeah. what they had because he knew he had a bunch of money. He pulled out a whole sack of money when he was giving Fetterman, Futterman a couple of coins in order to get the info he did get. So he saw that he had a bunch of money. It doesn't really come up from, come up. And as much of a conflict, but Marty and Ethan are pretty much wanted for that because yeah, they were running away, and so they the shot end, them going but then back. It, like 
I guess it at just, the end the Rangers are like, matter. you know what? Fuck it. Fuck that Futterman. What a dick. That's anyway. another one of those stories that it's like it wasn't necessary. <laughs> that wasn't necessary. The kid that rides in with the sword at the end was unnecessary. Yeah, he almost cut his face off. That kid. It was supposed to be comic relief, but the kid couldn't act for shit, so it didn't work. Yeah. It just didn't work. They couldn't all be Charlie McCory. I'll thank you to unhand my fiancé. There's no reason that or Lori would date Charlie McCory. He looks like he was old enough to be her dad. He plays the guitar. He sings and plays and he's got beautifully, that, but that's be- it. And he's got that dulcet, those dulcet tones. He did sing beautifully, but that's it. So, uh, how would you rate uh, old Ethan Edwards, the John Wayne's character, in the asshole scale? Now, it seems like there is some kind of redemption, but he only decided not to kill his own niece. That's you know what true. I'm saying? She is technically his blood. Well, yeah. at one point before and that, blood he means disowns a lot. her. But he disowns her before that. He's ready to give everything he owns to the boy that he thought he hated, Marty. Well, he's a hardened man. He talks mad shit. Oh, he does try to... He does leave a will. He writes a will to give everything But Marty, to Marty doesn't accept it because he knows that he's going to try to kill Debbie. Yeah. So Marty is... He's like, Debbie is your kin. And he's like, she's not anymore. And it's like, yes, she still fucking is, bro. Apparently the story, the true story that this is based on, um, allegedly, uh, apparently Alan LeMay like, researched multiple yeah. abduction stories. Yeah. So a lot of them are kind of blended. But the story that a lot of people are assuming this is based the most off of, the girl did not want to leave the tribe. No. And they actually had, like, army rangers kidnap her out of the tribe in the true story. Left behind her kids, one of which, again, grew up to be be like a half-white chief warrior. Shit, man. That's just not... Oh, can we talk about those before we get finish it off? Oh, the girls. When they... The girls. This is a little ridiculous. I thought the this little, was I thought fucking the ridiculous. Was way more ridiculous than the little girls. They were both ridiculous. I read another explanation about this scene that I had read that I don't accept as you well. You should say what the scene is first, just in case people haven't seen it. They, well, they're looking for little Debbie, this, who makes great snack cakes, and they find they go into some town, and these women who were taken by the Comanche tribe that they're looking have for been rescued, have been rescued, brought back, and they're. They're babbling lunatics like they've been lobotomized yeah, or something. That was stupid. Like, it's one thing, like, maybe they would just say the language, but they were like, like, totally like. The old lady was doing it. It was comical. The two girls just looked, like, dazed and stupid. So, I, I, I read an explanation on this one that was just like, well, they probably watched the whole fucking massacre. You know, they su- probably survived a massacre. Which I'm, parents died. I'm sure everyone around them shocked. was getting, like, murdered destroyed while they were being rescued. Mm-hmm. So it was like a trauma response, but what I don't was know. What's weird is that John you, Wayne made a comment as though, like, he didn't say... He was disgusted well, by Well, he, <laughs> he didn't say, like, they've been fucked up. Like, their brains are now broken. Like, they're, they're broken women. He basically was like, they're not white women no more. Yeah, so they would act like this because they weren't... It was... That's a dumb scene. That was dumb. You're that right, was it was dumb, dumb but I'm just saying, like, I think those women did what they were told to do. And well, so if yeah. you hate that scene, that's, that's called a strike acting. against Good or bad. John Ford. Good or bad, that's acting. Strike against John Ford. Okay. Just we'll, saying. We'll dig him up. You think Nancy Reagan blew John Ford? I mean, if you're going to blow anyone, especially at that time, give it twice to old Johnny Ford. I don't 
know what he really looked like in my mind. He still looks like, like David, David Lynch. Lynch. And I'm like, I mean, an eye patch. Got an eye patch. <laughs> got to get the eye patch guy. So yeah, I thought this was a beautiful movie. It and, was beautiful, and, and I actually kind of like the conversations that we have surrounding it. I yeah. think that kind of lends itself to the movie as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm going to say it's as perfect as a lot of people claim. I don't know. I feel like, for my taste, I might like movies like Shane or High Noon. This is what I'm a saying. A little better. That, yes. But in, but in terms of just sheer epic beauty, this one is probably better than all of those. Just in terms of technique and like the look and the visuals of it all it really is a stunning movie mm-hmm. um but where would you rate ethan edwards on the asshole scale our asshole in this episode there are a few moments where you can tell that there is a heart in him I've, and then you know there's like the bit at the end where he chooses not to kill the girl yeah i think if she were like half like genetically half if comanche she, if he knew she'd had a baby this is what I'm saying. Because that was the one thing that Lori said. She was like, she's probably got a bunch of Comanche children and she's <laughs> been having their babies and she's a ruined woman and her own mother would want her to die. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> kind of setting up that like she's pretty much. This movie ev- is just very. Like very everyone sensitive. has kind of emotion. Everyone but Marty has emotionally moved on. Everyone but Marty. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Marty is a great character. He is. There's no revenge in Marty. Even when uh, Ethan sh- throws in his face that your own mother was scalped. And he's like, well, that's horrid. But I still got to go save my only sister that's mm-hmm. left. It doesn't so. make her not my sister. Yeah. Even though she's not really a sister to him, it's more important that they spent time so together. Put a number to his assholeness. 9.5. 9.5? I think he went down to like a... Like a... 8... Maybe a 7.75. Can we say 8.5? Okay. We'll cut the mid. <laughs> I mean, he's an a, he's a racist asshole. I'll meet you at 8.5. And I don't... But, but all the other stuff doesn't really, like... And the movie is consciously depicting him as an ass, um, as a racist asshole. Can you asshole. remember the part where he scalps Scar at the end? Oh, that's right. Hey, that wasn't Nine. Your, you didn't kill him. That's Marty's. I mean, Scalp was, like, not a great dude. Scalp. Did I say John- scalp? Yes. Scar. Neither was John Wayne. That's true. What do you rate uh, Scar on the asshole scale? Seven. Okay. <laughs> I feel like he was doing what he thought he had to do and he was protecting his family. If he was all white, he'd be a nun. <laughs> I don't know. It's so random. It's so fucking <laughs> no, random. No, it's stupid. We're just goof it's ass. so and- dumb. <laughs> all right. You're going to give this movie one through five. I'm going to give it one through five combined for best out of ten. Tell me. Tell me. 3.5. I give it a 4.25. I knew you probably would. Uh, So that's a... 7.75. 7.75. One might have thought we would have hit an 8. We did not. We had a 7.75. But that is still an A-tier movie. It might be controversial, but it's still a good score. Look, I'll show it. Still a good score. I think that's a good spot. I would have put it at the bottom. All right. I get it. <laughs> You didn't even give it a bad score yourself. So let's get out of here. Uh, check the show notes for links and other places to find us. I'm sure a lot of people have opinions. on. I think this is a movie that a lot of people are going to comment on. Mm-hmm. So let us know what you think. Any Throw us those old Hollywood fun facts that people like to do when we do the older movies. We like that stuff. 
Um, don't yell at us. We gave it a good score. Okay. It's, I thought it was better than she did. So, so yeah, go get mad at her. She'll never read it. I won't. <laughs> All right. Like and subscribe. More of this. We're in our last leg of the asshole month. Wednesday, we're talking about an asshole that really is one of the first movies I think of when I think of an asshole on film. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, there will be blood. And then at the end of the week, our last asshole feature, one of the biggest pieces of shit in all of cinema. Maybe the first asshole on film we might have been introduced to. We're going to go at that on that episode. We're going to rank all the assholes we've encountered. There's going to be no ties. And this guy's going to be number one. No. No, he is. This piece of dog shit. Sort of Doom is number one. No. (laughs) No. It's Ferris Bueller from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Everyone knows this. It should be the pedo principle. Yeah. R-I-L. real life. Real life. Pedo principle. I said R-I-L. I would say (laughs) I-R-L. Yeah, Jeffrey Jones, a literal uh, Real life in. All right. But... Um, yeah, let's leave. Death to all traitors.